Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, the show that offers you tips and strategies to help speakers build the business of their dreams. Now, here's your host, 30-year industry veteran and business coach, Jane Atkinson. Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, everyone. I am so excited to be bringing you another client success story. Our topic today is how to find a niche that pays dividends. And our special guest is Sherry Fitz. Welcome, Sherry. Hello there, Jane. It's awesome to hang out with you like this. This is fabulous. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I love the dividends. The dividends, that's kind of like a sneak peek into the niche, right? It exactly is. So clever. Ha ha ha. If I do say so myself. You've actually been in the financial services world for like how many years now? I always say nearly 30. I think maybe I should just start to say over 25 and like leave it there. But I'm fine to say, you know, nearly 30 because it's... (laughs) I've always said I never go beyond 30 just from like a vanity standpoint. It just feels like I'm getting way into old age there. So I'm like over 30 years. And so tell everybody, give everybody a bit of a glimpse. You're one of my clients. So of course, I know your business model quite well. Tell everybody what your business model looks like. Well, there's a little bit of shift going on. And it's because I used to have a marketing company where a creative services company where I did marketing and branding and websites and all that stuff for the financial services marketplace. And my speaking was behind it. And Ah. frankly, I think, I don't think I know that I was hiding behind my creative services business. And so over the past couple of years, I've shed all of that creative Mm. services work and I am 100% speaking and doing workshops and facilitating workshops and that kind of thing. That's, that's me. Yeah. And it's been kind of recognize that you were like hiding a little bit and it takes sometimes, and, and I feel this way myself, it takes some doing to say, bam, I'm here. I'm the star of the show now. I'm not like behind the scenes pushing other people out onto the stage, which has actually pretty much been my entire 30 year career. Yeah. So I even put on my dream board last year, large audience, just so I would stretch myself because that's not, and I did it and I loved it. And I'm like, Ooh, that was fun. Maybe I should do that again. So Mm -hmm. it did give me a little taste, but talk about at the beginning of COVID, you Mm. did this one webinar that was a bit of a game changer for you. Talk about mm-hmm. what it was. Who did you do that first one for? Well, interestingly, I actually had a contract in 2019 that was kind of supposed to be a real job. And so I, I kept my speaking as a side hustle, almost like a hobby, right? Still never 100% committed. And then in January, my job was funded. And then a week later, my job wasn't funded. <laughs> Bye-bye. I know. And so I remember telling a friend of mine, I'm going to go where the yeses are. I had no lines in the water at all. Wow. No lines in the water at all. And I had a dear friend who I talked to every once in a while. And he said to me, Sherry, the stuff you know, people will pay for now. So historically in financial services, they've been reticent to do digital and social 
and they kind of say it's because of compliance, but that's not necessarily true. It's just that they're risk adverse. Understandably, we want our financial advisors to be attentive to risk, right? But they have been slow to move. And so I've been preaching digital and this kind of idea of heart-centered branding for a really long time in my side hustle speaking. And then this friend said to me, they'll pay you. And this was seriously March 20th. And so I said, all right. And I made a commitment to him. I said, in the next week, I will send you an outline of a class that I'll do. And I did. I outlined a a class called Lights, Camera, Cell. And I sent it to him. You know, he did buy. But I also sent it out to my newsletter list. And that one thing, Jane, I had a phenomenal year. I had, I did, I think somewhere between 75 and 80 speaking engagements. Okay. Like, yeah, so just I want, I, I want to just unpack that a little bit. So financial advisors were very much used to, we've all get the call, hey, it's time for your annual, you know, come on in and let's sit down and look at your risk and look at this and look at that and see how we're doing. And basically that's yep. their way of keeping their job with you, right? And right. we love yep. financial planners. That's your industry. I know a lot of them because of strategic coach. So I have a lot of people in my group who come from that industry. So lights, camera, cell means that now you're helping them transition over to Zoom selling or a different platform. And really, I've heard so many of them say, I never imagined it could be this way. Right. It's a paradigm shift for them to have come out of behind their desk and selling to in front of the screen, right? Oh, indeed. Oh, indeed. Like the industry is forever changed now. Yeah. You know, they didn't have cameras. They didn't have webcams. They didn't have lighting. And they didn't really have any sensibility of how to use the platform. Mm. And so very interesting because, and every industry probably did this. When you look at financial services and you think, when would have financial services adopted virtual to the degree that they did. Mm-hmm. When would they? And I would say seriously, Jane. Never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say 15 to 20, but to your point, right? Never, never, never that it that a- yeah, totally it just wasn't going to happen. It was disruption and- that they never ever would have anticipated. Okay, talk about your big contract. This came through right before I think you and I met. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to say the name of the company, but it's a company that everybody knows. They're big and yeah, they're big and they sponsor golf tournaments and they actually, their home office is in Toronto. There you go. I'll give that part away. Okay. But so, you know, they did some work with me over the years. I did some some LinkedIn training. I mean, I had people on my email list. My email list is now about 10,000, which is a whole nother thing, right? That and, I haven't been. And the important yeah. thing about that is that it's 10,000 people all in one industry. Yeah. It's yeah. not like yeah. your neighbor and the guy from church and somebody. Mm-hmm. It's all people. It's a rich, rich, rich 10,000. Yeah. Okay. So continue to, yep. the, to the big deal. So, you know, I had drips and drabs between March and August. And then I had a, a very driven salesperson at this organization partner with me for four of my workshops. 
And we did beautiful bespoke work together where we went into a competitive team, right? A, a group of advisors in a specific area, and we made you know them video superstars, right? Mm. And what happened was this particular individual, he won a sizable account. I'm in the 401k world predominantly. He won a sizable account, so much so that the sales you know, leader kind of looked and said, how did hey. that happen? Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the advisor on the other end who was making this decision said, dude, you had your virtual together. The other team showed up and they were 15 minutes trying to mess around with their camera and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Right. You had it spot on. And the sales leader at the organization said, I want more of that. So I was hired to go in and train their salespeople. And then I was, that was a big chunk. And then I was hired to, to partner alongside their salespeople across the regions in the United States and do workshops for each one of those regions, five workshops for each one of those regions. Mm. So instead of beautiful six-figure contract that really allowed you to say COVID, COVID, (laughs) right? I mean, you were freaking out. In the middle of COVID because of that one plum. Yeah, you know, exactly. And that that is very interesting, Jane, because as I think about, you know, my abilities to create and my abilities to speak, I think the universe has showed me an opportunity to look at my business differently and to feel confident that as a speaker and as a trainer, I bring value and that my value equates to relationships and sales. I mean. Mm straight up. Right. And so interestingly, that same organization partnered with a with an investment organization and they hired me for seven workshops just specifically for women. Mm. So and then some of those people that were part of my audience have actually hired me to come in and deepen the training within their teams. So, you know, it just has kind of the tree has sprouted branches and sprouted leaves. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah. a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. And you personally have also adopted a leveled up version of virtual and your tech. And you really did a deep dive to, to learn it and to get better at it and invest in the equipment. Just talk about kind of what you've put together for yourself in order to be a role model to this industry? Well, here's one thing, Jane, that I will say, which is, is that I'm a member of the National Speakers Association and have been since 2004. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, this dream of being a speaker has been with me for a really long time. And I hadn't been to NSA event in 10 years, we'll say. Okay. No, nah, not 10 years. We'll say five years. And last year, a dear friend of mine, or last year, whatever year it was, right? In 2019, he said, I'm going to go to the Winter Sales Conference, which was in January 2020 in Houston. And I said, okay, I'll go. And I said to myself, okay, I'm going to be present to a $10,000 idea. Mm -hmm. And I came back from that conference and I bought a green screen. It's behind me. I'm not using it right now. And I bought a webcam and I bought lights and I learned how to do it. And then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, is, is that you can kind of get up to speed with technology. It's just my shtick anyway, right? So now I know, though, that 
this is the new competitive landscape. And in order for me as a speaker to continue to compete, I can't be just against the white wall, right? I can't have haphazard, you know, lighting or whatever. And so I did. I worked with a professional video trainer and I got, now I have a fancy pants DSLR camera and I have a real background and I'm backlit. And, you know, I, I just know that for me to compete in this environment, just as I would do on a stage, I have to practice and up my game in front of a camera. And so, yeah, I kind of reinvested in some equipment and now I'm trying to learn it all. (laughs) (laughs) I totally know how that goes. Uh, And if anybody (laughs) wants to see what's going on on this, we're actually doing a visual of this particular podcast, which we do quite frequently now. And if you're not sure if there's a video to go along, just go to speakerlauncher.com, click on the podcast, and you'll see the most recent. You can search Sherry, S-H-E-R-I, if you would like to find this particular one, and it's a later date. So we'll have the videos on the uh, website as well as on YouTube. So I think it's really interesting, and I'm seeing a lot more of this with Here we are a year and a bit into it. It feels like two years because I've had two birthdays now, but it's (laughs) it's a year and a bit into this. Yeah. And I see a lot of people loving leveling up their game. Mm -hmm. And I just think that for you personally, it makes even more sense because of what you're actually teaching. I mean, lights camera cell is really amazing. And I don't think you're too late to the market for that because there's still a lot of people not doing it very well, probably in financial services, right? Indeed. Yeah. You know, one of the things, and and I mentioned this just a little bit, but one of the things that, you know, when I talk to the leaders of organizations and they're usually the one that get the training that, you know, they bring me in, right? These organizations bring me in to speak to the leaders and the sales leaders. And then I try to explain to them, listen, for the rest of everyone's career, we are at some point or another going to be in front of a camera. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to hold your team and your employees accountable for their ability to communicate and work together, and part of it's going to be in front of a camera, you owe it to them to train them Yes, on And there was just an article in Yahoo Finance that, frankly, I should have written about this exact thing. So I think that there's still deep opportunities. Obviously, you know, I'm kind of continuing to look at that. And then I'm just kind of pulling on that thread a little bit more and going, all right, now that you're in front of the camera, how are you going to really ramp up your emotional intelligence to use it as an effective way to communicate? Right, right. So how do, yes, you should have written that article. So how do you put yourself out there to people? Where are you focusing your time and efforts? You've got a brilliant, brilliant email list. And so you're able to use that on a regular basis. What other pieces of the puzzle are you personally doubling down on? Well, what I've been doing is I've been reaching out to financial associations more proactively than I ever have before. Ah. So I'm working alongside my virtual assistant and we've identified as an example, the Financial Planning Association, Mm -hmm. the Society of Human Resource Management Professionals, right? Sure. The Association for Financial Professionals. So, which is, by the way, 
if we think of financial services, you know, when you hear niche, probably everybody goes, Ooh, that's constricting. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I think of the niche of financial services, in a way, that's almost too big. I mean, because we think financial advisors is one portion of that, but then right. there's banking, there's risk management, there's the CFO channel, Insurance, you know, there's mortgage. fintech, exactly. There's, yeah. you know, that whole side of things. So I've been just kind of, you know, mostly my audiences are financial advisors or financial planners. And now I'm just going to the edges of that, like banking and fintech, right? I, I, yeah. I love the idea of fintech because it's kind of, you know, the new hot thing, right? And right, they're yeah. the ones that are moving quickly in this financial services world. Yeah. Yes. it's And it's very, very exciting to see that. Now, you also have a podcast, which I think you're transitioning. Talk a little yes. bit about that. Yeah. So I have a podcast, you know, I've obviously been in marketing. And so, you know, I was very interested in podcasting and I actually very repetitive thing here. I got the equipment, everything was ready to go. And I waited a whole year to push record, (laughs) but I started my podcast in 2015 and it's called women rocking wall street. Mm -hmm. And it's really dedicated to women in the financial services industry, very similar to technology. It's very male dominated. And the minute you hit middle management, the women just kind of disappear. Right. I mean, and actually I was one of those women. When you hit middle management and you go, well, I'm not going to be able to get through the ceiling. This Mm. is a political nightmare. You know, I'm out of here, which happens quite frequently. And so what I wanted to do was one, I wanted to test out podcasting and test out how that worked. And two, I wanted to serve a marketplace that has been served me so well. And Mm so I started with just the idea of diversity and inclusion. And I would, you know, again, doing that back in 2015, and I'm very proud of all the work. And in fact, I, yeah, I had you were um, an early yeah. adopter there. Yeah. Morgan Stanley sponsored two seasons. Hmm. And now what I'm doing is I'm going, all right, how can I make this more synergistic? How can I, how can I serve women in my industry? And also I've never really done a very good job of a call to action with my podcast. Okay. <laughs> like Jane, you're, you're just constantly, you're so good at the call to action and provide so much value on such an ongoing basis. You know, that's why I'm working with you. But so now what I'm going to be doing is I'm shifting my podcast. So it's mm-hmm. on a little bit of a hiatus and, and it will be more focused on really leadership, personal branding, you know, this idea that I am launching a digital EQ, digital yes. emotional intelligence. So the focus is going to move away a little bit from diversity and inclusion more towards something that will be part of my pie that I'm already offering so that when I do have a call to action, it makes more sense. And so digital EQ being a part of it, it will still be serving the same sector. You're not stepping outside of your sector. So the name will be something related that people will find you in FinServer or wherever it is. So congratulations on that. You've also written a book that was just for the speaking industry, or speaking industry, financial services industry. Yeah. What was the name of the book? The book is called Deconstructing Digital. And by the way, just as a little tip, I'm sure Jane, you've probably done this a little bit. I had like eight years of blogs that I had been writing. And I just worked to actually have an editor help me get those into a table of contents. And then voila, I had a book. So that was really rather helpful. 
here's the thing that's really cool about the book. There's nothing in there about video. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll need think to point over. I know. Well. I, know. I need so, to write the Wealthy Speaker 3.0 yeah. because of what's yeah. going on. So oh, I, yeah. I, and I have the Wealthy Speaker. It's like right. Well, it's right there. <laughs> I actually got a copy for my virtual assistant so that now that, you know, Wealthy Speaker 2.0, when we are working together, we have a common language. So thank yes. you for doing that. That was awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. Hey, we need a new lead magnet, whatever it might be. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I think that's incredibly helpful. Well, just as a kind of aside for somebody who hasn't maybe gained traction yet. Yeah. You know, you've been in this space for a really long time, but you hadn't actually concentrated your speaking business in this space. Yeah. So traction, how long do you think it really takes to to gain traction? I mean, for you, it was maybe a little easier than it might be for others. I would say that, you know, somebody just asked me this question a couple of weeks ago. She's like, how do you start to be a speaker? And I said, you start speaking. And that means you just get on every stage you possibly can Mm -hmm. and you volunteer. And it doesn't matter if even what you're doing is introducing people. So at the time that I had said, I want to be, when I grow up, I want to be a speaker and do my own thing. Mm -hmm. I was actually employed. And what I did was I actually, I I went to on the hunt for associations here in the Portland area Mm -hmm. and I volunteered for those associations. And over time I was like the executive director, which put me on stage every month at least for 20 minutes to do the introduction and changes in every opportunity I could, as far as getting onto a stage, I did. And then I always point back to the National Speakers Association as well, because they've got a So You Want to Speak program, which I went through, I think in 2003, and they still have that. So you're surrounded by other people who are pointed in the same direction. And then obviously, Jane, you have resources galore as it relates to kind of getting ready, you know, doing the marketing and then pulling the trigger on the ready, aim, fire stuff. So there's a lot of ways to just, here's what I, you know, said to the woman, I said, when I was working way back when, and I told this woman, I think I want to be a graphic designer. I'm going to go back to school for it. She said, no, Sherry, just start being a graphic designer. So the deal is right. The lesson here is just be a speaker. Do it. I I think that we see a lot of people. I just uh, had a new student come into our school who has been circling us for five years while doing a job. Okay. So she has been doing her day job for that entire time. But I believe, you know, even if she would have earned $30,000 a year at speaking, That's 30 times five that could have been in the bank by now. And so Mm -hmm. I think that it's really important to just get off the mark. If you want to speak, go out there and be a speaker. And there is something to be said for hiding behind something else. No, I need another degree. No, I need to write a book first. No, I need to do this first. Don't we often allow excuses to get in our way of actually just doing it. And it sounds to me like you've learned that quite literally over time. (laughs) 
oh, I need another camera. Oh, I need different lighting. Yeah. Oh, I need a new computer. Oh, I need yeah. this. You know, the podcast. Um, it took a year. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. And then it no, took a nothing ever is going to be perfect. Here's what I'll also say. Yeah. I was employed at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I talk about personal branding, sometimes I say, I say this, which is that have your job work for you. Don't work for your job. And mm-hmm. then people go, oh, you know, actually, the fact of the matter is, is that the more you lean into your job and extract value out of it for you and for your career and where you want to go, the more the organization is benefited from you being there. Yes. So when I, when I was hunting for those speaking opportunities, I was volunteering for industry associations and I was still employed at the time that actually made that organization visible very visible. So you can, yeah, you can start to build your speaking chops while still employed. Yes, for sure. I love that you're saying that. All right. Well, let's talk about how people, if they want to connect with you in what way, what's your favorite connection method? Well, I'm big on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And so you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is spelled S-H-E-R-I, one R. And fits like your shoe fits with two T's. So F-I-T-T-S. Please just say that you heard me here because you know how LinkedIn now is. You get these people who don't know you from Adam and they're like, oh, gung-ho to meet with you. And then you say yes. And then an AI bot says, let me sell you something. And here's my Calendly link. So I've been very hesitant lately, as I'm sure everybody is, which is such a bummer. Because I've been on LinkedIn since 2006. So that's the best way to kind of find me. Or you can find me on my website, which is sherryfits.com. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I want to say thank you so much for being here. I really love your story and how staying narrowly focused on one target audience. Now, there's peripheries, of course, but really all the work that I've seen you do over the last year we've been working together has all been in one industry. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. you have all the big companies, the who's who is your client list. You've done an amazing job of staying focused. Congratulations on that, Sherry Fitz. Yes, indeed. That is at least one thing I managed to be focused on, Jane. Yes. (laughs) Good job. Well, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time for being with us. And if you're listening in later, hey, let us know. You've appreciated what you've listened to. Give us a rating. Leave us a review. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any valuable content that's coming down the pike. And with that, we will say see you soon, wealthy speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. If you need help building the speaking business of your dreams, head over to WealthySpeakerSchool.com and take advantage of our 20-minute next-step call. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast.